0: Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth Podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan.
1: We started a series last week, how the Holy Spirit moves, understanding how to release the power of God. The Bible says in the book of James, and we're probably going to read it. Thank you, musicians. I'll I'll use you at the end. The Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man makes great power available in the Amplified and produces wonderful results. That lady that drove from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, that's why she, first of all, she was unsaved. When we preached in Los Angeles, we didn't preach in a casino, but we were at the Sheraton Gateway right by the airport. And she was staying at the hotel and just had somebody wheel her in in the wheelchair and liked what she heard and then came up and got saved and got prayer. And she said, I've been feeling better since you prayed for me. The prayer of a righteous man makes great power available and produces wonderful results. So the Bible tells you that prayer is something that God gave to take his power and make it available to people. I'm not looking to be negative this morning. I'm looking to be positive because I'm actually in a very good mood. But uh, even when I'm not in a good mood, I try to be positive because you shouldn't take it out on the people. You know, they're nice people. Texas people are great. Plus, most of them are carrying firearms, so it's better to... (laughs) Better to be kind to them. If you're in states that are strict with guns, you can mouth off more. But here, you should be careful. Great job. So uh, anyway, one thing I feel people have been deprived of in the modern church hour is the power part of Christianity, that the apostle Paul said that I may know him in the in the fellowship of his suffering, and in the power, I want to know God in the power of his resurrection. That's not, uh, that's a scripture. That's in the Bible. I mean, no, we shouldn't seek him for his power. Okay, well, maybe you should get a time machine and go back and tell Paul to take that out of the Bible since you know more than him. Paul said, I want want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I've counted all these other things as dung that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. You get the suffering anyway, so might as well get the power too. The Psalmist David, a man after God's own heart said, show me your glory. I wanna live in your power. It's what separates this from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the Mormon Church and all the false religions that are in this country is you can't go in there and get healed. Their gods are dead. They don't have any power. They'll talk you out of it. You If I went to, a, I passed the Jesus Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on the way here. If I went in there and said, excuse me, I have a tumor uh, uh, just under my rib cage. I need prayer. They would give me some speech about how actually, you know, we don't really do that. And Jesus did that, but that doesn't happen anymore. And then sadly, this isn't picking on a denomination. It, it, it's almost getting to the point where it doesn't matter the denomination. They don't, people don't believe that there's a power element to Christianity. But you're going to have trouble getting about four paragraphs in any book in this Bible without seeing a miracle, a tangible miracle of some some kind. You know, when you saw those two guys laying on their backs in Las Vegas, that was the private security firm that watched me and Pastor Rodney on TV and volunteered their services. They're the number one private security firm in Las Vegas. They take care of every major comedian and whoever else. And they wanted to go, and Pastor Rodney called them out first thing and had them lift their hands, and out they went under the power of God. The, people say they, they, they do that to weak-minded people. Go tell them they're weak-minded people, and then go for jaw surgery uh, shortly after you tell them that. No. Everybody say God's power is real. So number one, many people don't know God has power or that it passed away after the Bible was finished being written. Whatever excuse they want to come up with, that's nowhere in the Bible. And then secondly, of the people who do know there's power, and I grew up in, in churches like that. When I say stuff like this, my dad's not a pastor. He wasn't my pastor. He was on the road. So it's not a knock against him. But it was like God's power is random. Now, I don't want to gloss over the power part. If there is power available that makes the blind to see and the deaf to hear and the crippled to walk, then that lady that drove from Los Angeles, that was her first time ever in a meeting like that. She, was in, she, wasn't, you know, she wasn't going to the Sheraton Hotel to get filled with the Holy Ghost. She was going to get a, a night's sleep. She was just in Los Angeles. And then when she got touched, she said, something happened when I got prayer. So you don't have to go to church for 40 years. She was conscious that something had taken place that touched her life. And then came back for more, five and a half hour drive. I know they say it's only three and a half hours uh, from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, but they always say if there's no traffic. Well, when's there no traffic? Christmas Eve at two in the morning. If you live in Los Angeles, it's getting to the point where you basically have to leave for work the second your car pulls into your driveway uh, from the night before. So to drive all that way, sick, uh, you know, not fully recovered yet, because she said, I want hands laid on me again. She felt a tangibility of power. There's a word in the, in the Bible called the anointing. You don't use that word in English other than in the Bible. But for my Spanish friends that are here and my Spanish wife that's here, if you read the Spanish Bible that, that, that's translated in Spanish, the word for anointing is uncion or the exact same spelling in English as unction. And it connotates a, a tangible power and presence of God that's on, that's released. You can carry it on your body. The Bible says that claws that were taken from the skin of Paul were brought to those that were sick. And any sickness. How many sicknesses? You know, there's a novel virus out right now and we have to reevaluate how. No. Any sickness. Name me a sickness that the blood of Jesus can't heal. There aren't any. So it doesn't matter if they're cooking out a new virus in a lab right now that has a higher kill rate than the first one. And it gets out. This church will be packed with people because we don't get sick in church. We get healed in church because there's a release of the power of God. Now I'm preaching this not as a, as some type of lesson from somebody that knows more than you. So you can hear what I know about the anointing. The reason this church one day is going to fill the floor and the balcony of whatever building we end up in is because it's not going to be one guy that you come here preach. It's going to be an army of people that gather on Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then go out into Texas and do what the early church did. Heal the sick. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. I'm looking at the group of people that God's going to use in Pittsburgh. That's what's going to happen at the University of Pittsburgh. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't care how far from God some atheistic professor is. People have needs and they have needs that nobody can help but God. If you're an atheist and your wife has a cancerous tumor on her breast that's now metastasized through her body and the doctors have given her up to die and somebody prays at that university and that tumor dries up and goes, out of her body. There's not any husband with a hard enough heart that's going to see that happen and say, this thing is real. That's the message of the Bible. The Bible says, many believed on him, seeing the miracles that he did. When John the Baptist's disciples came, they said, are you the Messiah, or should we look for another? Jesus said, go back and tell your master the things that you've seen. The blind see, the deaf hear, the crippled walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the poor are having the gospel preached to them. The only hope for America, if churches, the number of churches could cure America, America could be cured. There's churches in every direction. You can see more churches from the parking lot of this church. But religion without the power of God carries nothing to help man. But when when church carries the resurrection life of Jesus to drive out depression and panic attacks and fear and cancer and all all the problems that the enemy has afflicted man with. That is the answer for the United States of America. And that's what God wants you to carry to your generation in Jesus' name. If you receive that in Pittsburgh and Fort Worth, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. I didn't see it till right now. Somebody shout hallelujah. So of the people that knew there was power, from God, they treated it like it was random. You know, oh God, move. Oh Lord, we invite you into this service. You know, which kind of implies he was barred from the service, though you said that. We invite you in this service. Move in thy way, though we have an order of service. You're welcome to interrupt the order of service anytime that I want. Move in thy way, oh sovereign Lord. You know, it's like they use this word sovereign as, as like a synonym for randomness. Well, oh, God's sovereign. You know, he's just unpredictable. God is not actually unpredictable. If you're born again, the Bible says, who has the mind of Christ in the Old Testament? But in the New Testament, it says, who can know what the Lord is thinking and who can give him counsel? But it added something to it in the New Testament because we're born again. The Bible then says, but we can, for we have the mind of Christ. So in the Old Testament, His ways were past finding out. But in the New Testament, the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. You you, Instead of saying, Lord, interrupt this service anytime you want, you actually can get the order of the service from the Holy Ghost before it starts. God will show you. God will not only do great things. He'll show you what he's going to do. I was uh, preaching at, at, at a youth camp at the Pennsylvania, Delaware district of the Assemblies of God. And I was praying my normal prayer to get ready for the meeting. And, um, the Lord like interrupted me while I was praying and basically just told me everything that was going to happen. There are, now this was a revelation to me. I was 23 years old. I wasn't married. I didn't even have a girlfriend. So I don't, I don't know what married people go through and I'm getting ready to minister to the kids at the youth camp. That's what they want when you book it is to minister to the, to the teenagers. The Lord said tonight, I want you to minister to the youth pastor's wives and then the youth pastor's Because many of them are not being paid enough to live, and so they're not—they're not able to do what I've called them to do. And their in-laws are now starting to put pressure on them. That I know you went to Bible college, and I know you believe in this, but you have to take care of my daughter. You guys—you guys can't live in the basement of the church or some some lady's house. You know the 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 Lord was telling me there's some people here. They just found out they're pregnant. Nobody knows yet. They're living in the church somewhere. Some you know, slapped together accommodation, and they're under pressure now. And either their parents or their in-laws are telling them, listen, this is great that you did this from 20 to 23. Now you got a kid on the way, and you need to, you need to face real life. Tell them that I'm going to take care of them. Tell them that the same way I called them to Bible school and took care of them there, I'm going to take care of them, and this is an attack of the enemy to drive them out of the ministry. But if they'll stand the same way, I've taken them to this point, I'll open doors and help them. Then the Lord told me this, many, because of that pressure, it's opened the door to eating disorders, anxiety, and panic attacks on many of the wives, the pastor's wives that are here. So deal with that. And uh, so I did. I preached that message. It's a very odd message to preach because nobody's there for the youth pastors and their wives, but I preached that by the Holy Ghost. Well, I saw as I started getting into the message, I saw the wives start to put their hands on their husband's shoulders and cry. And it was like the exact thing. It was like the devil had the exact same attack on all those young ministers to drive them out of the ministry. And then I said, the Lord's going to help you. And, and, uh, as I did, the Bible says in Matthew chapter nine, Jesus taught, then preached, then healed. So one of the ways that the, I can already tell I'm not going to get into my points. Well, thankfully, I'm with you for the rest of your life. So even if the rapture happens, I'm going to continue in heaven over at my mansion. You can all meet in my living room. Everybody say the release of the anointing. So the Bible says God watches over his word to perform it. So because the Bible is living and active, you you can't preach something and God's power not come behind it to make it true. If you listen to Kenneth Hagin's old messages, it's one scripture after another scripture. Those guys didn't do that to show off how much Bible they knew. They knew that God's word, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it, the word, it is, the word is, the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. You know, they used to call Mark Marcus Lamb. That found the Daystar, the human Bible. That's what blew his ministry up. Just quoting, that's, that's what preachers nicknamed him, the human Bible. Just quoting scripture, verbatim left and right. Those guys didn't do that to show how much Bible they knew. I heard Billy Graham teach this on YouTube. He said, I began to notice in my evangelistic crusades, the more scripture I used, the more powerful the services were. So this, this is him, if I remember right, continuing the quote. So I covenanted with God to never use less than 70 scriptures when I preached. Now, when you're preaching a crusade at a stadium, like when I went to go see him at Three River Stadium back before they demolished it in Pittsburgh, you know, there's a bunch of people there that have never been to church. That's what the whole point of the thing was. It was a crusade. So he's not saying, now turn in your Bible to Romans chapter five. He would just keep saying, and a lot of times he wouldn't even give the reference in that North Carolina accent, the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that anyone that calls on on me, I will answer and show them great and mighty things that thou knowest not. The Bible says, and if you go back and watch his old messages, it's one scripture after another. Now, when he's older, when he was younger, he preached way harder than me. When he was older, he's not moving around much. In fact, most people don't know, they custom made a, a seat for him behind the pulpit to make it look like he was standing when he was sitting. And he's just very calmly laying out the Bible. But as he laid that Bible out, it's a supernatural word. And the Holy Spirit came behind it to show people, old preachers would say, you get what you preach. So if you lay out scriptures on salvation, the, look at Peter in Acts chapter two, the Bible says, when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, crowds were mocking and Peter stepped out and said, brothers. Some of you are saying that we're drunk, but it isn't true. In the New Living Translation, it says, people don't get drunk by nine o'clock in the morning. Peter had never been to Laredo, amen. No, no, what you're seeing today was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out. now Peter quotes that scripture verbatim. Then he quotes another scripture verbatim. So where did he have time to prepare that message? He didn't. When the Holy Spirit came upon him, the Holy Spirit had him begin to quote the Word of God. It's almost like there's this division in Christianity that people, well, we don't really have that stuff with, with with healing, but we're a word church. Then you got another group that do they, they don't have any place for the word. They think you get the Holy Spirit to move by shaking your head fast enough and getting a certain kind of music playing and driving it. But God, the Word is the key to have God to, to God's moving. I remember when I was at that meeting in Three River Stadium, there were four adults sitting behind me. I was 12 years old. They were talking and laughing during the praise and worship service, very disconnected. And then Billy Graham gave his message and was quoting those scriptures. And I thought, uh, oh, these people, you know, Billy Graham needs to give it some effort because these, these guys aren't even saved and they're, they're not, lit. you're just quoting scriptures. And I, I listened as they got quieter. And then when he gave the altar call, when I turned around, they all had their eyes closed and their hands up with tears. He didn't tell any sad stories. He didn't tell about how one night a teenager left my meeting and I'd given an altar call and they did come forward and they were hit by a city bus on the way. Nothing like that. Just one scripture after another. And that word, the Bible says, is not my word like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. I'll even tell you, when I was younger, when I would preach at a church, And the church was dead, I would get kind of nervous and I would try to work them up into not being dead. Oh, come on. I thought this was a Pentecost church. Somebody shout, somebody say amen. But I started to learn that that's not how to do it. The deader the church was, the more I just open my Bible and start reading whole chapters, Deuteronomy 28, one to 14, Joshua one. And you, old preachers call it letting the word do the work. Cause the more you lay it out there is not my word like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. So we're talking today, I'm just going to do one point, obviously, how the Holy Spirit moves, understanding how to release the power of God. I don't want you to be a bunch of people that don't know how God works. Oh, Lord, we need your power. We Because when you don't, you end up pleading with God to do what he's already done. You know, if you go to a Chinese all-you-can-eat buffet and you sit there for 40 minutes and then the, the manager comes over and says, is everything all right? you say, yeah, no, it's not all right. I've been sitting here for an hour and I haven't had any food. No one's brought me any food. He's going to point over to the buffet and say, it's all right there. Take as much as you want. And people are pleading for God to do things. But if you read the Bible, some of you that come from the church of God in Christ, they had a song they sang in the church of God in Christ. What more can he do? What more can he do? Laid the foundation and opened up the way. What more can he do? The last two years as I've been praying, I'm starting to have trouble finding anything to pray about. Because everything you'd go to ask for, the Bible says all things that pertain to life and godliness have already been given us. I've begun to just lift my hands and begin to thank God for healing. Thank God for a growing church. Thank God for multiplication. Thank you, Lord, that the work is already done because your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As I read this word, I find out that you've already made a way where there is no way. You've already made every crooked passage straight. There's nothing the devil has done that you haven't already done something about. So I give you glory and praise because your word lets me know I already have it. It's mine. Somebody shout amen like thunder. Somebody say the word is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. If you're having a problem in an area Find three scriptures that deal with that thing in the Bible, and every time the devil starts bothering you in your mind about it, let that thing rip like starting a lawnmower out of your mouth. You're not going to make it. Father, I thank you that your word says, he that began a good work in me shall bring it to completion. I shall not be defeated. I will not give up and quit. Let me tell you something. If I take a fish, if I take a fish out of water, my, my daughter has a... Slowly, my office in Pittsburgh has turned into my daughter's office. In fact, my daughter, for some reason, likes the Golden Girls. I bought a really nice TV, and then she's watching the Golden Girls all day in standard definition on a big TV. So she likes that. You say, well, that's not a good show for her to watch. Yeah, I didn't say I like it. So she watches it. And then for her birthday party, they got her a cardboard life-size cutout of Rue McClanahan and all those four ladies from the Golden Girls. So they kept it in my office and a lady wanted to meet with me. So Pastor Abraham came in. I forgot, you know, something can be up for so long you just forget it's there. So I go to sit with this lady. She's pouring her heart out. She keeps looking behind me going like this. And then I realized when I was showing her out the door, I turned around and have the four Golden Girls standing there, look at this lady. By the way, that lady no longer attends our church, and I don't blame her. I went to go meet with that pastor. He's got four life-size cutouts of the Golden Girls in his office. Guilty as charged. There is a backstory, but guilty as charged. You know, God gave us his word. His word carries his power. When the devil came to Jesus, Jesus didn't shake his head. Jesus didn't pray in speed tongues. Jesus didn't throw oil around. Though I have as one of my points, if I discipline myself enough to finish this message in the next six or seven weeks, I'm not knocking anointing with oil. I'm not knocking tongues. But think of this. It wasn't a demon that came to Jesus. It was Satan himself. And Jesus, the Bible says he had eaten and he had had nothing to eat and had drank nothing for 40 days and 40 nights. He was in a weakened condition. And all he did was, quote, three scriptures, and the devil was sent on the run. Why did I bring up that Golden Girls thing? Because also with the Golden Girls, there's a fish tank in my office now, which is also my daughter who's just moved in and uh, invoked squatter's rights in my pastor's office. People think I'm nuts going there. There's, like, toys, and I think the pastor's having a nervous breakdown. No, these are my daughter's toys. So there's a fish in there. If I take that fish out of that tank and lay it on the table. I don't have to pray that it'll die. That fish is unable to survive in that atmosphere. So there's an atmosphere you can create that causes something to die. I'm not trying to throw out ideas here, but if I shut you in your garage and with your car on, I don't have to pray you're going to die. You're going to die. Well, the same way you can create an atmosphere for a fish to die or a person to die, which is a terrible analogy to use on Sunday morning. But again, I've only been a pastor for two years, so hang with me that you can create an atmosphere that Satan's actually unable to function in. Satan cannot function in an atmosphere where the word is being preached. Is not my word. Now, I say preach. Satan can't operate in an atmosphere where the word is being spoken by anybody because it puts that power out in the atmosphere and cuts his oxygen off. I want you to picture it like that. If you go into the tank of worry and fear, and I don't know what I'm going to do, The doctor said, my daughter's guidance counselor said that she has panic attacks and needs to go on this medication. She's having thoughts of suicide. And the devil's standing there going, amen, keep preaching, because you're creating the water for that fish to live in. But when you instead say, no, I'm not letting anything negative come out of my mouth. Secondly, not only am I not letting anything negative come out of my mouth, I'm going to turn the faucet in the different direction. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Bless the Lord, I tell myself, and forget not all of his benefits. When you begin to speak that, it starts putting a different thing in the atmosphere. And let me tell you, I know this from the Bible, and I know it from 43 years on this planet. The devil's not a fighter. You can see that with Goliath. The devil likes to run his mouth. He likes when nobody resists him. The Bible says, resist the devil, Not that he might flee. Resist the devil and he. So how do you resist him? You do some charismatic. Come on, let's just resist the devil. No. Say this out loud. You resist him with your mouth. Speaking the word. So say it out loud. I shall not be defeated. I will not give up and quit. He that began a good work in me will bring it to completion. Oh, yeah. My daughter's having trouble. If you keep saying that, she's going to have more trouble. Why not say say this out loud? I'm never wrong when I quote God. So it's not like, my daughter, I'm not going to say that. No. Say the opposite. Father, I thank you. You said in Psalm 112 that a righteous man, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. I thank you that the children of the upright are blessed, that the curse is to the fourth generation, but the blessing is to a thousand generations. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. This isn't lack of sleep talking. This is the Bible. Your children in this church are not going to go through what other children go through. This is going to be an anxiety-free, trauma-free depression-free, suicide-free zone because in this church, we cut the oxygen off of every demon that's been assigned to children and teenagers. Not only are your children not going to be cursed, your children are going to be a fulfillment of the prophet Joel that in the last days saith God, I will pour out my spirit (laughs) on all flesh you believe it, shout amen like thunder. Say my seed are mighty on the earth. earth. Say my children are blessed and they always will be blessed. Say "My my children are a blessing. Now lift your hands and begin to thank God that his word is true. God's word can't fail. God's word can't ever fail. God is too faithful to fail. He watches over his word to perform it. That's right, Pittsburgh. Your children are blessed. I don't care if you're living in the worst part of Section 8 housing right now. Number one, you won't be able to stay in this church and stay living where you're at right now. You're going to stretch out your tents. You're going to move your tent stakes. Your children are going to go up. They're not going to battle what everybody else battles. They might look like everybody else, but we're not like everybody else. We have a covenant with God. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. Somebody say that's what the Bible says. So God's word is a faucet that releases his supernatural power because he actively watches over his word to perform it. When Billy Graham was quoting those scriptures with very little energy being expent, didn't matter. It's not his energy that sets people free. So why don't you take a lesson from him? I can't help it. Trust me, when I woke up this morning after 80 minutes of sleep, I planned on being very nice, uh, a blend between Jack Hayford and Charles Stanley this morning, but I get it. I get excited when I start talking the Bible. You can you, you can feel the power of it. It's actually why it's hard to stop preaching for me. I've told my wife, my wife was telling the crowd in Las Vegas yesterday. She said, "My, were there 11 people." At one of the churches we went to when we first got married and Jonathan said to me, you might as well just stay in the car. You're gonna, you're about to see the fastest sermon you've ever seen in your life. Cause it wasn't just 11 people, it was 11 disinterested people. And I thought, well, they don't want to be here. I also don't want to be here. So let's just give everybody what they want and go home. And when I started, I was like, well, I'll read a scripture, give them a little something out of the Bible. When you start reading that Bible and speaking that Bible, it starts something churning on the inside of you. It's the His name is the Holy Ghost. Because the author of that book, if you read an old book by Mark Twain, that author's dead. But the author of that book is alive and he lives on the inside of you. And he likes what he wrote. And he loves when people speak what he wrote. So when you begin to... <laughs> when you begin to speak that, what came on the psalmist when he said... I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. You start to feel that (laughs) down in your bones. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. The prophet Jeremiah said, I'm trying to, I'm actually sick of prophesying. None of these people listen to me anyway. But when I try to stop, I can't hold it in. Your word is like a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary from holding it in. I'll, I'll tell you another thing. The Bible says when Jesus returns... He will destroy the Antichrist by the breath of his mouth and by the splendor of his coming. What does the Bible say about itself? All scripture is God-breathed. So the same power that's going to destroy the false prophet, the beast, and the Antichrist is inherent in this word. And as you put it in your heart and then speak it out of your mouth, can't come just reading and we don't pass out a, a, a bunch of photocopied sheets. they just say this every day when you go home. Because if it's not in your heart, it doesn't carry power. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's why you hide God's word in your heart. I'm going to tell you one of the great benefits, one of many great benefits of hiding God's word in your heart is every time somebody says something that's contrary to the Bible, it's like an alarm bell goes off on the inside of you. You know, you could, how I many know we could die at any time? No. The Bible says in Psalm 118 17, I will live and not die that I may declare the goodness of the Lord while I'm yet in the land of the living. You know, that lady that drove from Los Angeles, that's why I remembered her. I saw her all swollen up with cancer and cancer treatments. God always speaks by his word. I said, I'm going to tell you something right now. You will live and not die and declare the goodness of the Lord while you're yet in the land of the living. Listen to that scripture. Psalm one eighteen seventeen. 17 i will live and not die say that out loud i will live and not die hallelujah i'm not dying i mean we could die at any time speak for yourself you can also take my death if you'd like i made up my mind i'm not dying in 2024 i'm gonna live and declare the works of god while i'm yet in the land of the living it doesn't just say you'll live and not die it says you'll live and not die And declare the works of the Lord, declare the goodness of God, while you're yet where? In the land of the living. I mean, you know, some of us will only get our testimony in heaven. That's not what the Bible says. Jesus never told a crippled man, I know you can't walk here in Israel, but one day you'll walk on streets of gold. He didn't tell blind people, you can't see down here on earth, but one day you'll see things too marvelous to tell. No powerless religious people added that stuff, but it's not in the Bible. He, when the blind man came and said, I wanna see, Jesus said, believest thou that I can make you to see? And he spoke and said, yes, Lord. And Jesus said, as your faith is, so be it unto you. Faith is inherent in the word. When you begin to speak the word, you're speaking faith. And faith carries the power to move every immovable mountain, to part every red sea, to dry the ground out. Say it out loud. I will live. I will not die. And I will declare the goodness of God, while I'm yet in the land of the living. Say this out loud. There's nothing the devil's done to me that God can't do something about it today. That's right. God will give you a brand new heart. God will give you. Actually, I was watching. I was watching a guy that I grew up uh, listening to. He was friends with our family. And somebody sent me one of his old YouTube videos. And he said he was praying for, this guy had major miracles in his ministry. He said, I was praying for somebody that was having kidney failure. And he said, I saw this. Now, this guy's got a track record. T.L. Osborne wrote the foreword to his book called I Believe in Miracles. And he said, as I was praying for this lady, I saw two angels come down out of heaven. And both of them were carrying a kidney. And they came down and both put the, the kidney on each side. And when they did, it says she like jerked to life as that heavenly kidney made contact with her earthly kidney and infused heaven's life into it. Now normally, now I've known stuff like that for a long time, but I don't say it because you know, you, you, you feel like you run people out and like, okay, that's a little much. But the more I'm watching what people are preaching, I'm just gonna tell people the whole thing. If you want Diet Pepsi, go have Diet Pepsi. But this is not a Diet Pepsi church. This is a strong wine church. The new wine of the Holy Ghost. These men are not drunk, as you suppose, but it's the third hour of the day, but they're very full of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, that new wine is coming into you. Stand up so people can see, so they don't think I'm nuts, this couple. Where did you drive in from, Louisiana or te- Texas or what? Tyler Texas. Tyler, Texas. which is how far from here? Two hours. I met them in Louisiana, and you recommitted your life to the Lord, and both of you got healed. What of? Yours shoulder or something? Shoulder from a car accident. I never raise my arm ever again. <laughs>
0: um, we were in a car accident in February 16th of 2019 and I had nerve damage in my neck and my arm and we were getting ready to put handicapped rails and things in our home. I'm 47, so I'm still pretty young. You know, we're active and um, I said, you know what? The devil's a liar. I'm not going to let him do that to me. I'm not doing it. And... Brad and I went to church. I actually found Pastor Jonathan on YouTube, which I'm not a YouTuber, (laughs) but my father was a Pentecostal preacher um, that really went full gospel and preached in West Virginia for years and years and years, so I grew up in that. That was our background, and I'd had the Holy Ghost since I was a little girl, and I recommitted my life to God, and when I did, my husband went to the altar with me, and... Our life, literally, praise God, has never been the same. We have had so many blessings on our lives. I mean, I just, it would take me a long time to tell you, but financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, our marriage is strong. God is at the center of everything that we're doing. And um, I mean, I can raise my arm and I don't have handicapped things in my house anymore. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And
1: I'm thankful for you both. Now think of that. The same power that unlocked her shoulder got into her husband and brought him to the altar. And then now you have a husband that will not go to church at all that's willing to drive five hours round trip. In fact, that whole week we were in Louisiana in Ruston, Louisiana. They came back and forth every night. How long the drive was that? Each way. Three hours over, three hours back. Every night. And they're not losers. They have work and everything else. Uh, sorry, I couldn't phrase that. They're, they're, they're sorry. They're apologize. For, forgive me. They're good people. They have jobs, you know, and, and drive six hours round trip to the meeting because people separate. Well, we, you know, we don't have. I'm not a miracle preacher, but we have salvations. I'm, a, I'm more of a miracle preacher than a, a soul winner. It's all the same Holy Ghost. There's not a Holy Ghost who heals people, and he's got a twin brother that saves them, and a triplet that brings revival. The same Spirit, that's why the Bible says in the teachings on the gifts of the Spirit, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says there's diversities of gifts, but the same Lord. Differences of administrations, but the same Spirit. There's not a Spirit of healing and a Spirit of prophecy. It's all resident in the third person of the Trinity, named the Holy Spirit. And then he manifests in these different ways. I made up my mind, since I'm the senior pastor of this church inexplicably, let me just tell, lay out to you as the leader of this church in Pittsburgh again here. This church not only is not ashamed of the Holy Spirit, this is the least of the Holy Spirit's power that we'll ever have in this place. This is going to be a church where people know you can come here and get healed. You can bring your child here straight out of the psychiatric ward and they'll never battle that stuff again. We're not going to have a room full of people that are slaves to Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson and Moderna and getting their... Co- troubles compounded and paying more money. This church is going to be full of people that when you look around, everybody has a testimony. I once was blind, and now I see. I once was deaf, and now I hear. I once couldn't. I had a stroke, but now look at me run, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Go ahead. Take 15 seconds. Clap. Shout. Kick your legs out. Do whatever you want. This is God's house. should be full of the praises of the people of God. Come on, Pittsburgh, make a joyful noise. Let them hear you. Let the Lord hear you. You're going to shout. You're going to shout in 2024. You're going to dance in 2024. You're going to have reason to give thanks to God. There's nothing the devil has done to any one of you that God can't do something about it right now. If you believe it, let your amen be the loudest. If you receive it, let your amen be the loudest. So, I started preaching that message at the Pendle Youth Camp. And I started watching all those couples start to cry. And then, and God gave me the scripture for it. I had never preached out of that scripture before. I always preached different aspects of Jesus. But then I, Lord told me, tell them the aspect of me tonight. First John chapter three, verse eight. For this reason was the son of God made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Not give you power to deal with the works of the devil. Destroy the works of the devil. And so I said, it's it's not God calling you out of the ministry. It's the devil putting a boa constrictor clamp on your finances to force you out of the ministry. But the Lord sent me here today to tell you that the same way he provided for you in Bible college and opened the door for you in youth ministry, he's going to be faithful. He that called you is faithful to carry you through. They began to cry. And then the first pastor's wife that I saw cry, I didn't normally do this back then. I'd wait till the alt. I'd give an altar call and then maybe pray for people. But right in the middle of my preaching, Bible says in Acts 10, we read it last week on Sunday, even as he was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell. Acts chapter 10, think of that. That's how God watches over his word. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the message. So the Holy Ghost watches over his word. So when there's no move of the Holy Ghost in a church, it's not because it's not a season of revival or it's a dry season. It is impossible to lay the word out and not have the manifestation of the Spirit behind the Word. Billy Graham laid out the Word on salvation. I watched those four people that were basically there for a free seat in Three Rivers Stadium start crying, and the next thing you know they were down on the AstroTurf at the altar signing the decision card and giving their life to the Lord. Oral Roberts would preach for two hours on healing, one scripture after another. By his stripes were healed. And before you know it, people are standing up out of wheelchairs because he watches over his Word to confirm it. Well, that Word that night was to set those couples free and keep them in the ministry. The one girl starts crying. I said, come here, miss. And she came crying. I said, lift your hands. As she got close to me, I knew, I said, when this financial pressure came in, it opened the door to an eating disorder and it's been destroying your body. But today God sets you free. I pointed at her. I was about 10 feet away. She couldn't say I pushed her over. When I pointed at her and said, be free from that that affliction in Jesus' name. She fell up off her feet, down on her back, and started to speak in tongues and laugh and cry at the same time. Her husband that was a youth pastor got up out of his seat and put his hands on her and just began to thank God. As you could tell, she got delivered. Well, when I picked my head back up, all the wives of all those youth pastors were standing on their feet giving thanks because it was like the enemy used that stress. You know how it is in marriage. If you're having financial problems, the husband just watches football while you are kind of like forced to deal with it as the wife. Maybe that's just me, but uh, that's how it worked in our house early on. Oh, we're having financial problems? All right, I'm going to turn my Xbox on and hope it goes away. So you could tell the woman was the one having trouble, and that's what the Lord told me. At least in in that service, it was the woman that it was affecting. And and then you could see God touching everyone. I said, every pastor's wife that that's been happening to, where the money is getting choked out, and your in-laws are putting pressure on you to drop out of the ministry. I want you to come out up here right now. And, those, and then I said, I want your husbands to join you. And I went down the line and laid hands on them. And God's power hit them hard. Well, then you think, well, that's going to be in my head. I thought if I do the service like this, they're going to get touched, 18 people or so. And there's going to be 400 teenagers just like, who cares? But I was wrong. Turns out God actually knows what he's doing. So they're all laying down under the power of God getting delivered with the husbands hugging them crying as God healed them and restored them. In fact, that first pastor's wife I prayed for, her and her husband not only didn't quit the ministry, they're senior pastors now, and they have the largest church in their state that see the devil was trying to take them out he knew they only had a little youth group and a little money but if they stayed on the path they were going to be a major threat to his kingdom and I'm telling people here right now and I'm telling people on the other side of that lens on direct TV and Pittsburgh and wherever else you're watching there's the you're going under an attack and you think it's just normal or whatever but actually the devil knows where you're headed if he doesn't derail you that you're not going to stay small you're going to multiply and you're going to kick his teeth in if you, don't, if, you, if you don't give up and quit. So God sent me here today in this blue jacket to tell you, you're not going to give up and quit. He that began a good work in you is going to bring it to completion. God's going to help you for he's a very present help in time of trouble. You're not going to step off the path. You're going to stay on the path and fulfill the call of God on your life. All those kids when I looked up Now the kids in the youth group were crying. They were so touched because they loved their youth pastor and and, and youth pastor's wife. They were all crying. And then they all came and started to pray for them. Then they started to pray for each other. And that service did what an old-timer would call broke loose. The Holy Ghost began to move. Why? So I called my Uncle Ted after the meeting. I remember I said, man, I had an interesting thing happen. I said, the Lord told me just what to preach. And uh, I did it and I told him what happened. And my Uncle Ted, I still remember, he said, God has a bullseye for every service. And the closer you get to the bullseye, the greater the manifestation is. And that's where, and I'm not saying this to be critical. It's not like I'm talking about other churches here. We don't have a local church. We have a national church. So it's not like I, I don't even know churches that are around here other than that Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I, I, I don't agree with them. But I'm not, I'm not saying this to knock other churches. I'm saying that there's pastors watching me on direct TV and wherever else that you want God to move in your church. But you don't even try to get a bullseye. You know, there's no scripture that you're to open with a fast song. Greet the people, do two more fast songs, two slow songs, announcements, one more slow song, 28 minute message, and then dismiss in prayer for people to have traveling mercies on the way home. That's not a scripture. So people think, see, the Bible says in the last days, people will have a form of godliness, but deny the power. And so people have been thought, you know, the point of being a pastor is just to have an 80-minute service, make sure it's not a train wreck, make sure it gets out on time, make sure the parking uh, gets flushed out and the new parking comes in without issue, that you're just like a caretaking manager. Lester Sumrall said 90% of pastors are nothing more than glorified bookkeepers. He said that in his 80s. Obviously, I wouldn't say that now but I am quoting him. Because what that's what they turn into. They come up with a passion for God, but then somebody teaches them the point of being a pastor, just to have a nice service, make sure nothing gets out of hand kind of thing, and, and, and they end up not enjoying the ministry. So there's pastors watching me right now that God had me tell that story because that's what's going to change. God's not going to sovereignly send a revival. You have to seek him while he may be found. And God will begin to show you insight into that week's meeting. Do this. Do this. And when you do this, this will happen he will show you things that are to come this is a change that's going to happen in America this year people are going to begin even at mainline churches to throw the order of service away and begin to flow with the spirit and as they do things are going to move and America's going to be shaken one more time under the mighty hand of God and you're not going to watch it happen somewhere God's going to use you to be a part of it happening in Jesus name we had our board annual board of directors meeting on Tuesday in, in Las Vegas before the meeting started. And one of the pastors told me, he said, I was watching you preach. And he said, we have two services at our church because we don't have enough parking to do it all in one service. But he said, I kept hearing you say the benefit of gathering everybody in one, one crowd, one big crowd. And he said, uh, so I did it. And he said, I just figured we'll shrink because we don't have enough parking. And, uh, you know, it defies every church growth thing you can think of. But he said we've grown. We don't have parking. Somehow no one cares. We just got shuttles. People are parking across the street. A place allowed us to park. And he said, I'm having fun because I'm not watching the clock. And he said, I don't have to, in the second service, make sure I said similar to the first service to keep both churches on. I'm just having a good time. Now this will make me sound carnal, but I I don't care. My goal in the ministry, I'm not doing anything that, that, that I'm not enjoying doing. I met some big ministries early in the ministry, and I was telling Adonis I think the Lord had me do that for a reason, because they had big ministries, and I said, man, that's amazing, this church you have and all you're doing. They go, yeah, but when you do it, you carry the financial weight of it or something like that, and I think, that doesn't sound like God's plan. In his presence is fullness of joy. When your joy stops, make a change. I pay attention to that. He said, "Well, you're working hard. I don't feel like I'm working hard. I had fun in Las Vegas last night. That's, you're not going to hear that from too many pulpits this morning from the senior pastor, but I, I, I stick by what I said. I had fun in Las Vegas last night. I'm having fun in Fort Worth this morning with you. I'm having a good time preaching. When something feels like it, 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 it I don't like that. You know, that, that's a drink. I have fun praying the way I pray. I, I'm not praying some way somebody else prayed. I talk to God. Like a man talks to his friend and talk to him out of the word and enjoy that relationship with God. Life is not supposed to be a burden. Life is supposed to be a blessing. Jesus didn't say, I came to suck the fun out of life. He said, I came that you might have life and have it how? I prophesy in the name of Jesus, you're going to laugh more this year than you've laughed all other years before this year put together. This is going to be a year of joy. What kind of joy? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. For true religion is not meat or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you receive that one more time, at Revival Today Church, Pittsburgh, at Revival Today Church, Fort Worth, on direct TV in your living room, oh, clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God. The devil is defeated. Say it out loud. Release God's power by releasing his word out of your mouth. Stay on your feet. The devil never even argued with what Jesus said. Just change the subject, another scripture, change the subject, another scripture. And the Bible says Satan left him alone for a season. You can stay on your feet. I, uh, I will tell you 2024 is part of that time. where it's The Bible says Satan left him alone for a season. There's a season where the devil has to leave you alone. The devil launched a great attack on this country, 2020 through 2023. But most of the people in Pittsburgh and in this room are the reason why it failed. You said, no, something doesn't feel right about this. I'm not bowing my knee to this thing. And the plan failed. And now the devil's on the retreat and the country's wide open. When in las vegas you have a hotel owner say how come you didn't tell me you were coming i'd have had to use my hotel i've been watching you guys in the city that people think god's least likely to move we're having revival fort worth's on in revival pittsburgh's in revival the university of pittsburgh is about to be in revival tonight this is not the devil's time this is the church of the lord jesus christ releasing the word and then releasing his word releasing his power if you believe it, one more time, shout amen like thunder. If you, you know, Smith Wigglesworth ticked a lot of people off in his ministry. One guy said, if the Spirit's not moving, what are you doing? He said, if the Spirit's not moving, I move the Spirit. People got upset. Who do you think you are? What he meant was, I know how to release the moving of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to be talked into moving. He's looking to move. You actually have to goof it up to keep him from moving. But, it, but if you don't and you study how he moves and late, you know, and then we'll get into the other things in the other week. Lord willing, unless the rapture happens, then you folks are on your own. I'm out of here. And you're, you're, We're going to have, I mean, we're already having it. I love driving here today. you don't know what woke me up today. It was when they sent me the picture of the size of this crowd on the way in. And I told people, my friend Adam Williams in the front row, he came in from Beaumont, Texas. When I started seeing on people's Instagram stories that people were traveling in from other places, I I always take it as a sign. And uh, today is a change of levels for Revival Today Church Fort Worth. We have never broken a level. And when you break a level with God, you don't go backwards. After Resurrection Sunday, this church will quickly double. Not from pulling people from Gateway and whatever other churches, although anyone's welcome to come. I didn't start for that. People that are now like my two friends in the front row that were battling and struggling and now are on fire for God. This church is going to be full of people by the end of this year that at this point were on their way to hell And now you can't get them to stop going to church and shutting up about Jesus. Can't you say amen? This is not the devil's time. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ's time. Well, lift your hands on over this place. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in Pittsburgh in the name of Jesus. Every problem that the enemy has tried to saddle your life with It is destroyed today. In Jesus' name. You come out of this Sunday morning with a blessing. A blessing that's too strong for whatever curses the enemy tried to attach to your life. Same way God set all those couples free at that youth camp. Everybody that came in here where this last week was family discussions about, I don't know what we're going to do if this this keeps up. I don't know how we're going to make it financially, with your children, health problems, those problems today are destroyed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Every mind problem, every attack of the enemy against the mind, anxiety, fear, whatever else, the things that are crippling the people of the United States of America. Today, you get to enjoy one of the great benefits of Christianity, the mind of Christ, perfect peace soundness of mind and a strong mind receive that today no the last panic attack you had will be the last panic attack you've ever had I feel in my spirit even right now that there's a woman and I'm not going to call you out you've been having anxiety attacks and you're actually a strong Christian and you haven't even asked anybody to pray for you because you thought I'm embarrassed. I shouldn't even be having this. I don't even believe in this. And and you're wondering where it's coming from. Well, there's not going to be anything to wonder about anymore. Lift your hands. Your mind is set free permanently in Jesus' mighty name. That attack that came against your life. I'm talking to everybody now. The attack that came against your life. As quickly as it came against your life, that's how quickly it leaves. In Jesus' name. Be free. Be free. Be delivered in Jesus mighty name and everybody said amen every head bowed every eye closed you can put your hands down if you're here and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior I want you to do what we saw just under 200 people do in three days at the Plaza Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas I told them I said well, isn't it gonna be cool for the rest of your life you'll be able to tell your grandchildren I got saved at the Plaza Casino in Las Vegas. Well, you're gonna get saved in a regular old church today, but it still counts, because you don't have to be in a casino to get saved. Actually, if you study church history, more people have been saved in churches than in casinos. So you're in good company, but you need to be born again. Until you come into the kingdom of God, the attacks continue, because the devil has free reign to attack anybody he wants who lives in his kingdom. The Bible says in Mark chapter 6, the disciples went forth preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is near, and then anointed the sick with oil and were healed. So there is no, you can't enjoy the blessings when you're under the curse. And all you have to do to come into God's kingdom, it's too simple for most people repent and believe. I'm not going to live in sin anymore. I'm going to live my life for Jesus Christ. Some people that are listening to me, you have just one area of your life that you've never surrendered to God. And the devil uses that as an open door to mess you up at will. When you lay that on the altar today, you're going to leave here free at last and free forever. For he who the Son sets free is free indeed. With every head bowed and every eye closed in Pittsburgh and also here in Texas, if you say, Jonathan, I'm not living exactly like I should. Or I've never surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. You don't get to go to heaven because you go to enough church services. There'll be people that went to church almost every Sunday that spend an eternity in hell because you have to be born again. There has to be a time in your life where you become uh, in covenant with God. And I wanna give, I wanna do that with you today. That's why I came here. I wanna pray with you in person if you say, Jonathan, that's me I want to get my life under the blood of Jesus I don't want there to be one area outside of covenant with God in Pittsburgh, in Texas if that's you and you want to pray with me as I pray with you and for you I want you to put your hand up high right now in Jesus' name We're going to pray in Jesus' mighty name, I want to be born again I see your hand, sir I see your hand, sir, that's awesome who else? in Pittsburgh as well Brother Kofi's going to be at the front to pray with you in Jesus' name very quickly, everyone that lifted a hand In Pittsburgh, come to the altar. My friends here in Texas, come to the altar. We're going to pray together right now. In Jesus' name, don't be shy. If there's anything you should be proud to do, it's this. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? The Lord's wrestling with your heart. I want to be born again. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. I am going to turn the service in Pittsburgh to Kofi but before I do I'm going to have Roger Stone live in studio for Check the News on Thursday night he's flying in from Florida and we're going to open the studio up to the public so I'll see you on Thursday night hopefully we'll have food and stuff for you and then Wednesday night I'm going to be in Nashville, Tennessee with Dr. Rodney again for a one night revival meeting and so if our friends that are watching in Tennessee I'll, I'll see you there if the Lord tarries so Kofi you can take it in Pittsburgh I love you Pittsburgh I'll see you this week My two brothers, lift both hands to the Lord. Pray this prayer out loud after me. God hears this prayer. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I've come forward today to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord. And my Savior, right now, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am clean. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let me pray for you before they give you the Bible and whatever other other books we give you. I bless you in the name of Jesus, Father. The same way you have been a massive help to me in life. I thank you that you'll be a very present help to my two brothers here. Every battle and issue of concern they were facing, I thank you that battle is transferred out of their hand and into your hand. In Jesus' name. Thank you not just for victory. Thank you for victory after victory. In Jesus' name. Let me see your right hand. Be blessed. Be blessed. In Jesus' name. Life won't be a struggle. Living for the Lord will be the easiest thing you do. In Jesus' name. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Welcome to the family of God. Don't go back to your seat yet. Wait. These are people with me, and they're nice people. These would be the best first people to meet after you give your life to the Lord. They're going to give you a Bible and some gifts from the church. Please make this your church. If you already have a church, let them know you're not coming back and that you're going to make this your church. Praise the Lord. Give Jesus a great hand clap. Now, let me do one more thing. I've given... I've given you full service and if no, if nobody responds, it's fine. But if there's anybody here, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. But if there's anybody here that when I was describing things, I was describing in this message and you went, I need help like that. Cause you know, that lady driving from Los Angeles, what does that show? You? She's going to die. If she doesn't get a miracle, they, she told me in Los Angeles, they've, they're done with treatments. The treatments didn't work. She's dead. She's dead. If she doesn't get a miracle. And so it might not be cancer, but if if it's something attacking your mind or whatever, and you say, Jonathan, I would like a mighty, not a little touch. The very Lord gives you a little touch. Say, I'll get you back for next Sunday. I'm talking about blast that thing. Like happened in that story I told. That was the last time that husband and wife ever dealt with that. And now they're soaring for God. And that's what I'm believing for right now. You know, I heard them saying, as AI makes its advancements, they said, well, AI might be able to replace pastors because it can give a pretty good message out of the Bible. Well, if all we did was talk, then we could get replaced by AI, but there's still yet to develop anything on ChatGPT that can dry a tumor up or make the lame to walk or open the eyes of the blind. And so this element of Christianity will never be able to be replaced by AI it is the laying on of hands power element of christianity that is resident in this church revival today fort worth if you say jonathan i would like prayer uh, today not i'd like i mean if you're gonna come i'm talking like i want this thing over i don't mean that kind of prayer i mean prayer prayer jesus prayer and so I want anybody that's feeling that way to line across the front right now. I'm going to pray for you. Go ahead and sing what's ever on your heart, Brother Michael. Usher's will help me to shoulder to shoulder right across the front. I want to be free. I want to leave here free today. your hands. I'm going to start on this side. When I lay my hands on you, the power of God goes in and drives that thing out. Affliction ends today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus the biggest hand clap. I just intended to close without praying, and I I, I felt like people need, you know, you see people need prayer. This isn't, this is going to sound like I'm like joking around or making an insult, but I'm I'm not. I promise you, if I gave another altar call right now, how many people need prayer? You'd have another, everybody, people need prayer. (laughs) So, that's part of your job as a preacher. You You can't just talk and talk. Since you two helped me preach today from Tyler, Texas, take two steps forward, lift both hands, close both eyes. He that began a good work in you, Thank you shall bring it to completion. Second scripture, I will perfect that which remains. So the same way God did something for you and something for you, the things that still need done. Here's one, two, in Jesus' name so that one lady fell over backwards and then her friend you don't have to fall this is not bowling some people fall some people don't if the point was to fall I'd have everybody lay down at 9.30 get up and go to lunch God's power is real and it is real you know, in, in anything, there's people that fake stuff. I was praying for a lady. I never even got close to her. And she and I found that later she was Roman Catholic. It was her first time in a meeting. She was going to die. She had stage four cancer and some other problems from a stroke. And when I prayed for her from distance, she went out under the power and hit her head on the hard floor of the church. My, I'm telling you so hard. I was thinking, man, this is on video. But thank God I never touched her because this looks bad. It's not good to finish a meeting and say, how was it? It was good. Three people got saved, two got healed, one lady died. You don't want that. She started shaking under the power of God so hard her teeth were chattering. And then she came back the next year. I was at the church with her husband because she was completely cancer-free. And her her husband didn't believe in that stuff. People start believing when they see a miracle. Many believed on him seeing the miracles that he did. Think of this with me. Even when Thomas said, I won't believe unless I put my uh, finger in the holes in his hand and my hand in the hole in his side, Jesus rebuked him for believing without seeing, but still let him put his hand on the miracle. So he's not, Jesus is not adverse, miracle adverse. He's pro miracle. Amen? In fact, do not the Bible say some won't believe unless they see a miracle? I told the story last night in um, Las Vegas. Of that guy that ran sound for us when we would do our open air crusades. And he he was very nice, but he wasn't a Christian. And he was just there to do sound. So every time I'd hand the mic back to him, he'd just nod his head, you know, give me a thumbs up. But he never asked for prayer or anything. He was he was Billy Joel's sound man. That's why I got him. He was good at sound. He had a great ponytail. He looked like a rock and roll sound man. Then there was a lady with cerebral that was born with cerebral palsy that had never walked in her life. And she got up and started walking after she got prayed for, and he watched her get carried to her seat. You know, her boyfriend would wheel her to the to the where the stairs were, pick her up out of the wheelchair, and carry her to her seat. And when she got up and started walking, I didn't realize that I went to give him the mic back, but I went to hand the mic back. This time he wasn't, you know, give me the thumbs up, take the mic. It was, it was like, you know, it was, it's good that you people do that for people. He was filming, with tears streaming down his face, and he went, "That was awesome." I've never seen anything like that before. I said, yeah, it's, uh, that was the fourth week of meetings that he had been with me. Uh, one in Philadelphia, two in New Jersey, and now in West Virginia. And he said, um, my boy is a good boy, but he got messed up on drugs over in New Jersey. Are you guys extending a second week? I said, yes. Yeah. All right, good, I, I have him coming here and I'd like you to pray for me. He said, will you also pray for me? He said, I grew up in the Episcopal church, but I haven't gone to church in a while and I'd like this. Many believed on him seeing the miracles they did. There's something about, you know, you, you, it seems disconnected, but like a, a girl's deaf ears will come open in a meeting, and you'll look, and all there'll, there'll be people that were there that were kind of like, you know, their wife made them come over, and they're all just like this. Because it's a release of the glory of God. I don't know I'm telling you this, I already preached this sermon. I pray for my usher friend from San Diego. with both hands, close both eyes. This is I don't, you know, I don't know. This has to be the Holy Ghost because I don't know what Usher is looking for. What I'm going to pray for you for, but this is going to be a release of the working of miracles from the Holy Ghost to you, and doors will open for you to pray for people, and they'll receive miracles. I would guess in my spirit as I get close to you that that's what attracted you to this ministry because you know, like the supernatural. God's going to begin to use you that way in Jesus' name. reasonable that guy owns a really good business these preachers take advantage of weak-minded people he has a very strong mind and he also has a concealed carry so if you want to call him weak-minded knock yourself out Everybody say Jesus is real Jesus is real I'm glad you all came today pray for my friend here yep I know you don't consider yourself my friend but I'm going to pray for you lift both hands, close both eyes Thank you for joy, unspeakable, full of glory. And Jesus, that's it, receive it. I'm gonna let let people go. Look out, careful. I don't have to raise anybody from the dead. In Jesus. Let me pray for this lady with the uh, gray hair. One more time. nice orange scarf. Come right now. Lift both hands, close both eyes. I believe the Lord already touched your body, but then whatever remains, Lord does it right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Anyway, the last two weeks, this has happened a few times, but it's starting to happen more. It's like the service is over, but I just don't feel I'm done. Really. There's like something else. Praise God. I mean, you were blessed today. I pray for this guy. Maybe this will be the last one. pray for this guy in the nice gray sport coat. It's you. You have on a gray sport coat. Lift both hands. Father, this man who has no mirrors in his house doesn't know what he's wearing. I pray as you cause him to realize what clothes he has on, he'll also receive many other great gifts from you. Be blessed. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, that's about all I've got. What a great time to be alive. We'll lift both hands to the Lord. Say this out loud. Thank you, Father. Your word is in my spirit. I'll speak it out of my mouth and cut the oxygen supply to every devil assigned to my life. This week, angels are attracted to my life for you order your angels to protect me wherever I go this will be a supernatural week where goodness and mercy follows me every day of my life in Jesus name now as your pastor I tell you in the name of Jesus before you come back here next Sunday everybody comes back with a testimony testimony Everybody comes back next week saying, you're never going to believe what the Lord did this week. This week, is a season for the devil to leave you alone. Now that the devil's out of the way, it's a season for miracles to flow unbridled. Now, I'm not allowed to say this in Pittsburgh, but I would like to know, what was attendance today? 362. Awesome. On a regular Sunday. So heading up towards 400, five months in. I know there's bigger churches than that in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but I'm I'm very happy with that for five months. Amen. Praise God. Great job, everybody that's here at Fort Worth, like all the time, and uh, everybody that works in whatever department. We're going, as you can see, it's starting to take the shape as a church. We're going to end up with a meeting space during the week for, uh, you know, youth's going to continue and all that. And, um, A guy contacted the ministry on Friday with an e-check for a million dollars. So, well, We don't have to cut corners anywhere. Amen. Now, you're not going to see me with three new necklaces, but you will see a lot of improvements to the ministry. Amen. So I'm going to do my best to stay out of federal prison. <laughs> well, on that note, I love you. It's a big deal to get a text and to say, I love you. They say it one time during their wedding ceremony, and that's it. So the fact that even nine people said it back is a miracle. Amen. Besitos, te amo. Thank you for sharing
0: the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.